0: Welcome to worship the second Sunday of Easter at Seattle Mennonite Zoom Church. It is still Easter. Uh, we, did, we celebrated our Easter Sunday. To me, that seems already like eons ago, but it was just a week ago we celebrated Easter Sunday. And we continue to recognize the risen Jesus uh, in our midst, between us, over the distance of Zoom. With the Holy Spirit as our mediator, I continue to have to really trust and rely on the Holy Spirit's presence, joining us and connecting us over the miles and through the, through the cables and however Wi-Fi works, the Holy Spirit is there among us. A special welcome if you are new to our community. I know that we have people joining us uh, every Sunday from different places all over the country, even all over the world maybe, and we're grateful to have you joining us this morning. Um, we'd love to have you identify yourself later on in the fellowship, or if you've invited someone, uh, why don't you just? I know that Emily and Chase, for example, are welcoming friends and visitors. You can you can maybe put that note in the chat so that everyone else can know who's joining us. And we'll have a little bit more of an opportunity later during fellowship to do some of those greetings as well. Um, when we get to our time of prayer a little bit later in the worship, Pastor Jonathan will be also. Uh, noticing those things in the chat screen we invite you to name your prayers either um, privately to Jonathan or in the chat box to everybody and we'll make sure that those things are both named aloud during our worship and also uh, when we share to our e-communicator later in the week those things will be in our e-communicator so we can continue to hold each other in prayer and later (laughs) Jennifer joined us Jennifer I'm going to mute you (laughs) Later on in our worship, uh, after our worship, we'll also have an opportunity to fellowship with each other, and uh, many of you will have received the prompt, which is to, to name the ways that you're connecting with people in new ways during these weeks. Regardless of where we are across the city, across the country, we are gathered on the land of first peoples. Here in Seattle, that is on the land of the Duwamish tribe, people still living and thriving in our city as much as any of us are in these days. And we invite you to, if you are somewhere else in this country, to consider um, uh, taking a look and seeing who the first people of your city or your state are. For our call to worship this morning, you have a response, and I'm gonna unmute Pastor Megan. Your response is alleluia come holy spirit so when i indicate to you in this way i invite you to the response hallelujah come holy spirit jesus said you will receive power and the holy spirit will come upon you
1: hallelujah come holy spirit jesus said
0: you will be my witnesses
1: even to the ends of the earth hallelujah come Holy Spirit
0: may we worship our Creator
1: through the power
0: of the risen Christ knowing that the Spirit draws us together
1: hallelujah come Holy Spirit
0: and we will gather with music this morning uh, as we often do together We're going to be singing and if you have uh, if you have any of the songbooks with you, I invite you to take a look at those or you can see on the screen that uh, the screen share of the music will be singing. It's my soul cries out. Um, And if you want to make it bigger. We were experimenting with this little a little bit. You can try unclicking the side by side view. So wherever you have View options, try unclicking side-by-side view, and that will make it as big as possible. And I'm going to let Michael unmute himself because I can't find him.
2: Is that good? Can you hear me? That's
0: great, Michael. Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's too bad that Zoom has got such a little bandwidth so that the you know, the music doesn't sound quite as good, but we'll bear with it t- as long as we have to. I'm just going to play the melody out for the first line and then we'll, we'll start singing. My soul cries out with a joyful shout that the God of my heart is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fixed your sight on the servant's plight, my weakness you did not spurn. So from east to west shall my name be blessed, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, and the drive of justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. Though I am small, my God, my all, you work great things in me. And your mercy will last from the depths of the past to the end of the age to be. Your very name puts the proud to shame, and those who would for you yearn. You will show your might with the strong to flight For the world is about to turn My heart shall sing from the day you bring Let the fires of your justice burn Wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near And the world is about to turn From the halls of power to the fortress tower, not a stone will left unsown. Let the king beware, for your justice tears into every from his throne. The hungry poor shall weep no more for the food they can never earn. There are tables spread every but whoa what happened here sorry there are tables spread every mouth be fed for the world is about to turn my heart shall sing of the day you bring let the fires of your justice burn wipe away all tears for the dawn draws near and the world is about to turn though the nations rage From age to age we remember who holds us fast. God's mercy must deliver us from the conquering, crushing grasp. The saving word that our forebears heard is the promise that holds us bound. Till the spear and rod can be crushed by God who is turning the world around. My heart shall sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of you justice burn. Wipe away all tears. The dawn draws near and the world is about to turn.
0: Oh, it is good for my heart to sing that justice is returning as we prepare to light our peace candle. We light our peace candle each week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's peace, God's just peace for all of creation. Uh, This week, I was particularly reminded um, by someone in our congregation, through Pastor Megan, that we uh, hallow and uphold our healthcare workers often. But fail to remember those folks who are also keeping hospitals going and running, often people of color who are cleaning, who are cooking, who are uh, delivering things, and uh, pray for justice and equity for folks doing those kinds of very, very essential jobs in our midst. And together we pray, we long for peace, we pray for peace, and we choose to live for peace. Peace be with you, and also with you. We're going to keep singing, because singing is good for us. Uh, This is one, this song, Halle Hallelujah, is one we'll be singing throughout our Easter season, so until Pentecost Sunday. Again, Megan's sharing the screen so that you can sing along. But it will become familiar, and it's very repetitive. Uh, many In many traditions, uh, during the season of Lent leading up to Good Friday, uh, some congregations literally bury the hallelujah. So that the word hallelujah, hallelujah, is not spoken. In Hebrew, that just means praise God. And that word has is buried and with Christ it rises again. So together we sing our praise with our hallelujah.
2: Okay, this is all about the, the beat in this song, and it kind of goes like this Halle Halle hallelujah. Halle 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 Halle, 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 Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Halle, Halle, hallelujah. Halle, Halle, hallelujah. Halle, hallelujah. Halle, 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 Hallelujah we're going to do it two more times just so we can get to know it Hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. one more time Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah, Halle Halle. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
0: So good. Uh, I am going to, this is a surprise to Megan, but I'm, I'm going to un, Megan, I need you to unmute yourself for a second because for our children's time, I'm going to begin with a joke. Oh, yes. Good. Okay. You've probably heard it before. It's an old, um, groaner. So Pete and repeat were in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. Pete and repeat were in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. And repeat fell in a boat. Who is left? Repeat! Who's on first? (laughs) You can see that this joke goes on forever and keeps telling and keeps telling, and that's the joke. Um, The reason that I thought of this joke was in part because last week Pastor Megan, in her sermon, talked about how at the end of the Gospel of Mark, which was the story of Jesus that we've been telling for the past few months in our congregation, Basically, it seems like it could go back to the beginning and start over again. <clears throat> now, if you're, not doing, uh, if you're not doing speaker view, I invite you to do speaker view for, for this part of the children's time, because I do have some pictures to share. Uh, so <clears throat> after Jesus had died, and then he rose again, which was a wonderful and scary surprise for his disciples, we start to hear that there are stories of him appearing to his disciples, and in the story we're going to hear in just a little while, there's a story about how what happens. So Jesus doesn't stay with his disciples and his community. Instead, we hear the Bible tell us that he rises into heaven, into the heavens. And we don't know exactly where heaven is, but we understand that that means that Jesus goes to be with God. So one of my favorite pictures of this story, you can see right here, this is by an artist called Albrecht Dürer, and one of the reasons that I like this picture so much is, one, Jesus' feet are just hanging from a cloud, which I think is very silly. So there are feet just hanging down. I also kind of like that there are two footprints right here. You can just see where Jesus jesus just, like, like he just jumped up from a trampoline into heaven. You can see those footprints, and everybody, all of his friends are standing around, just staring up into heaven, wondering what the heck is going on. And I especially love this guy. I'm going to just zoom in right here. I especially love this face because the, like, what kind of expression on there. I just love that because that is exactly how I would be feeling if that happened to me. Because that is totally bonkers. Jesus is rising into heaven. And then just after this happened, two, two mysterious strangers show up and they, they ask people, what are you doing just looking into heaven like that? But they're looking into heaven because it's totally bonkers that Jesus just rose into heaven into the clouds and his feet are just hanging down. It's just so silly. But Jesus, before that happened, before he took off into the clouds, He gave his disciples some instructions, and the instructions that he gave gave them was don't hang around here looking into the sky, go out into all of the world and tell the story of what has happened to you, what has happened to me, which is where we get to our repeat joke, because he's saying repeat, 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 tell the story as many times as you can of me being on earth. So starting today, we're going to be hearing about how the disciples told that story. So I have what I have here now. If you open up your Bibles, you will see. I have a photocopy, because I'm going to use my highlighter. If you open up the front page of your Bibles, they'll all look a little bit different, but they might look something like this. And this is a table of contents to a Bible. So the stories of Jesus are in those Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in those books. Those are called the Gospels. That's the good news. It means good news. Of Jesus. That's, those are the ones that tell the story of Jesus. And today, we're starting with a book called Acts. I'm going to circle that one. And I always wondered when I was small, what is Acts? Like, that's kind of a weird name for a book, because it's not a name, it's not a place. But it's called Acts because its full name is the Acts of the Apostles. It's the actions that they did, the stories that they told. So starting now, this is action time. And that means that's what, why Acts is called Acts. <clears throat> so Acts, you hear stories of people telling and going and doing. And then if you take a look in your Bible, table of contents in your Bible, all of the rest of these, all of the rest of these books, all of those are letters that, that Jesus' friends and disciples wrote to each other, <clears throat> continuing to tell the story to each other of Jesus. Continuing to try to figure out how, how do we follow Jesus when Jesus is Jesus isn't with us, Jesus feet are dangling from a cloud. We need to figure this out by ourselves. So, all of these letters, these things, the most of the New Testament in the Bible is Jesus followers figuring out how to tell the story and how to be good disciples of Jesus together. So, if you have a Bible that's handy and you can take a look, you can see, and almost all of these books, they're either the names of places, like if somebody had written a letter to Seattle Mennonite Church, it might be called the Seattleites. This one is called Galatians, for example, and it's called Galatians because it was written to a place called Galatea, and so it's to the people at that place. And these are either named for the people they're written to or the people uh, names of someone like Timothy or Peter or John, people that wrote them or places they written to. All of those people telling the story and acting out the story. So this is, we're starting with Acts. And just like right now, we're going to hear the story. You can hear the very beginning of that story of how Jesus' disciples acted after he, after his feet dangled from a cloud and what they were going to do. So I'm looking forward to hearing so rempel her family,
3: tell us that story. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem,
4: but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized
3: with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up
4: towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven.
3: Then. They returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. For the word of God in scripture, for
4: the word of God within us, for the word of God among us. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you to Rex and Sam. And wow, we are clearly not in Mark any longer. Uh, Acts of the Apostles is technically the sequel to the Gospel of Luke, and um, it just has a very different tone, and it's just sort of odd. You might might have noticed at the very beginning, just a few verses in, uh, Acts says, After Jesus' suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Um, And as you know from our Easter, those of you who were with us for Easter last week, that does not happen in Mark. None of that stuff happens in Mark. Uh, So it's not to say that one gospel's perspective is correct and the other is incorrect. It's just to say that we are sort of picking up on a story that we've been in, um, but with a very different uh, tone. Uh, Very different voice. So um, I've always really loved that moment in the story that Amy highlighted with that lovely image of the disciples with their, with their eyes in the sky and the messengers come. They're like, what are you doing? You're looking in the wrong direction. You're looking up when you should be looking out. I've always loved that To uh, this year, this week, for whatever reason, what struck my funny bone. And I think it's because we all need laughter so much more to uh, endure um, these tough days um, but what struck my funny bone was um, it says, according to Acts that Jesus was lifted up and taken out of their sight by a cloud taken by a cloud, which makes the cloud sound like a Christ napper <laughs> like the cloud has just kidnapped Jesus um, so anyway, this favorite moment of the disciples uh, looking up into the sky, and the messengers come and they say you 're looking in the wrong direction you shouldn 't be looking up, but like of course they 're looking up because a cloud just kidnapped their leader Um, but what the messengers say to the disciples is that you've gawked at the sky for as long as you need to or longer than you need to and the time is now to bring your gaze back down to the earth to look around you and to carry on with the work this is what you've been prepared for this whole time is to carry on it's now up to you it's time to carry on with the work Um, I have some compassion for the disciples in that moment because yes, they are looking in the wrong direction, but wow, they just, their leader, just left. They must be feeling left again, left once came back left again, they're feeling a little discombobulated. This year I have have also particularly noticed that it seems that they are not just looking in the wrong direction, um, but they are looking for the wrong thing altogether. I realize I haven't yet shared my sermon in a sentence. It's maybe because I'm less enamored of it this week. It was a long time coming, and I'm still not sure it's the right one. But here it is. Jesus calls us to be anything but normal. That's my sermon in a sentence. Jesus calls us to be anything but normal. They are not only looking in the wrong direction, they are looking for the wrong thing altogether. It's like they're looking for 10,000 spoons when all they need is a knife. It is like they are looking for hedge fund managers to be flush with cash again instead of looking for the whole community and especially those most vulnerable and at risk to be well and safe and whole. They're looking for the wrong thing altogether. They ask one of their preoccupying questions of Jesus, the risen Jesus. They say, when is it going to be Jesus? Is it now? Is now? Is now the time? Is now the time when you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It's is one of their preoccupying questions and they ask it again and by restoring the kingdom to Israel, what they mean is a Davidic sort of kingdom. They mean political autonomy and power and authority in an earthly kind of way ah, they're looking for the wrong thing altogether. And the reason Jesus, in the face of this persistent question, looking for the wrong thing altogether, is remarkably patient with them. He simply restates that that's not the point. That's not the thing. That is not the thing that he ever came to do or to bring or to hand to them. They are looking for the wrong thing altogether. Instead, he tells them that they are going to be witnesses not rulers or aides in some political, political dynasty, but witnesses to what they have just experienced. So that thing, that thing that they're looking for, is it now? Is it now the time when you're going to, that thing that they're looking for, they've already experienced it. They already experienced it with Jesus. The thing isn't still coming. The thing already was. The thing already is. And now they're going to be sent to spread that message far and wide. And the thing that was and is and shall be is that alternative community that they experienced with Jesus. It's that alternative community where healing flowed and teaching guided and challenge was offered and forgiveness extended, meals were shared, resources of all kinds were shared, and transformation was experienced by all. Thanks be to God. That's the thing, that's the thing. Jesus calls us to be anything but normal. I'm getting there. I've been thinking about this in relation to our experience of COVID-19 and physical distancing and all the ways in which our world has gone topsy-turvy. And this week, especially with everyone looking ahead, like desperately, looking ahead to reopening and reconvening and returning to normal. When are we gonna return to normal? And I'm not the first nor will I be the last to suggest that we may not only be looking in the wrong direction, we may be looking for the wrong thing altogether. I already alluded to the preoccupation of some, Some who are preoccupied with restoring the economy, restarting it, getting it going again. And I, I, I both want to hold with tender care and with fierce passion the way that the, this, this experience, this virus, this pandemic um, has... Um, caused economic devastation for so many, for so many, for too many. I want to hold that with tenderness and with passion. While on the other hand, clearly stating that our robust economy prior to this experience was not working for everyone. Maybe not even for most. The economy as it was never ensured that all are well. And so if it simply restarts or reopens as it's always been, it still won't. It still won't ensure that all are well. Many have cautioned that there's no normal that we're returning to after this. But part of me is starting to worry that maybe there is. not by May, but maybe there is a pre-virus normal that we just kind of slip right back into and return to. I think we could eventually go back to some semblance of a pre-virus normal and miss the opportunity to craft a new thing. It makes me think of Elaine's call last week during her invitation during our fellowship time together about maybe coming together around some visioning what does it look like and very specifically in care of creation how might how might we emerge from this to something new or to something different and how do we do that visioning work together um Jeanette highlighted for me this week a mailing that maybe others of you got as well from Holden Village. Um, So I had read it and was struck by it. And then Jeanette sent it and highlighted this little portion. I was like, okay, that's the sign that like I need to pay real close attention to this. Um, It was written by Sonia Renee Taylor and she writes, we will not go back to normal. Normal never was our pre-corona existence was not normal other than we normalized greed, inequity, Exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment. Jesus calls us to be anything. But normal. So as sort of a postscript to this message, I don't know, maybe it's the postscript, maybe it's the whole point. I'm going to just, you know, get real honest with you for a moment that I've had a tough couple of days for no reason, just, you know, the stuff, the stuff in the air. And it's, I think we're all probably going through waves of that Hitting us at different times, and it's been a tough couple of days for me. And um, when I think about this invitation to the opportunity to craft something new, to not just return to a normal that never took care of anyone, everyone in the first place. Um, When I think about stitching a new garment that fits all of creation, it just sounds like another project that I'm supposed to do during this time that I can add to my list of failures. Because it turns out, I'm not sure I can do all the projects in this time. Some days, it's just tough to get through it. So, and this one is huge. This one is huge. The the crafting of something new as we slowly begin to emerge from this, a new way of being. What I know I can do is this, though. I don't know that I can do the, the whole project. I certainly can't do the whole project and I can't do it on my own. We can't even do it on our own. But this is what I think maybe I can do. Um, and that is I want to hold this question at least as we slowly emerge. I wanna hold the question and, and, um, and the call, the invitation to craft a new thing, to imagine a new thing, to do a new thing, to not just return to whatever that normal was. I don't want to look in the wrong direction. I don't want to be looking up when I should be looking out. And I don't want to be looking for the wrong thing altogether. And so instead, I think the best I can do is to pay attention to how I and how we are invited to witness to this other way that does center the well-being of all. And how do we keep holding that vision and that hope as we begin to reemerge with that? I'm going to close. Jesus is calling us to be anything but normal. May it be so.
5: Thank you, Megan. As we uh, gather in prayer and um, bring our gaze out of the sky, to attend to the longings in our hearts and minds and world. Let us take a deep breath together. Grateful that we can hold this space in community. God who dwells in the balance of our terror and our awe, we come expecting what is knowable, tangible, and are met with an empty uncertainty. We trust you to send your spirit to inhabit the space before us and between us so that as we raise our prayers and faith that they will be met by the love of a risen Christ. We hold in the light this day the largely uncelebrated low-wage workers who are the infrastructure of our medical systems, food service providers and maintenance crews, and others who, like our amazing nurses and doctors, are exposed on the front lines but are doing the underpaid, behind-the-scenes essential work, supporting the medical care of those who most need it. We lift up the vulnerability of people experiencing homelessness in this time and particularly in Seattle, the hepatitis A cases that are exploding in areas of Seattle among street sleeping folks. And we are aware of the disparity in access to hygiene and quarantine that makes the vulnerable even more so. As we enter this week, Into the celebration and remembrance of the fiftieth anniversary of Earth Day, we are very aware of the ways creation is talking back to humanity. For those working for a sustainable economy, the flourishing of non-human animals and wild spaces, we would ask that you be given giving them much energy and vision. For in this time of COVID, we're very aware of what is possible when political will is mobilized. So much can shift and change in relatively short periods of time for good or ill. May the health and sustainability of humanity and creation receive the attention of the collective so all may thrive and heal. We give thanks this day for baby Jedediah Monroe Dalin, born to Christian Samuel on Wednesday. Bless them in these days of getting acquainted and expansive love as they learn new rhythms and figure out the day to day in the season of home isolation. Carl and Devon give thanks and extend gratitude to for everyone, for every card and call and prayer on their behalf. They are thankful that the quality of their lives as well as their peacefulness is due to the many prayers that they have received. Turning now to the prayers of our chat. We pray for, uh, this is from Heidi Padilla, we pray for a family in our daycare community, for staff member Tanisha who lost her seven-year-old daughter, Amelia, tragically this week when she fell from her bedroom window. Mm. Oh my. We pray for Tanisha and her husband and other children as they mourn her loss. From Joanne, prayers for all those in assisted living facilities and nursing homes who are so vulnerable to the virus and who are lonely without having visitors. From the Kelly Kellogg's asking for prayers for a friend's seven-week-old granddaughter, Lila Jade, who is diagnosed with a brain tumor Friday and faces surgery Monday to remove it. May the margins be clear. Yes. May the surgeons have wisdom and skill. May the family come out the other side strong and together. From Julie, prayers for her parents, Jake and Marilyn and Pelt, who are struggling with health issues and transitioning to a new home in a care facility. From Jean and Dave, prayer. From Jean for herself and her almost 89-year-old mother for safety from COVID-19. She was most definitely exposed and is in quarantine at Natalia's Loving Care. And was potentially exposed. And I, Jean, also needs prayer to stop longing for a return to what was. Help her and us, Jesus, to change our definition of what is normal. For Jeanette, from Jeanette, prayers for our pastors and others who are holding so much in this space and time. Gratitude from Zach and Caitlin for gratitude for the celebration of their 10th wedding anniversary on Friday. And gratitude from Beth for Megan's words, reminds her of the trouble with normal is it always gets worse. Yes, that Bruce, <laughs> our prophet. <laughs> And from Larry, gratitude to those of us who continue to work at GLA in this time, that we would continue to stay safe. And for all of those prayers yet, and also unspoken, we hold together in community that the Spirit of God who goes before, who follows at our back, who breathes within each of our bodies and who dwells in the body of the church. Be our comfort and our companion. In the name of the risen Jesus, we pray together. Amen. Amen.
0: Oh, man. Right. This is good. I... I think that the ability for each of us to be able to chat our prayers into that chat box has made our time of prayer so meaningful and expansive. And for that, I'm grateful. We continue in prayer as we bless our offerings. Um, We're grateful for the gifts that each of you bring to our congregation and for that we have the means to collect our offerings digitally. We really bless the work that those offerings do in the life of our community in an ongoing way. Today, I think of the way our offerings contribute to being able to pay for the music that we sing together and broadcast. Uh, We never would have anticipated having to do music in this way, nor having to have licenses to share and broadcast the music via our podcast, so we're grateful that we have the ability to be able to, to pay for licensing and your offerings contribute to that. God, we thank you for these gifts, for all the gifts of your people and for the gift of music. And we pray that God will accept and hear these prayers and we're going to sing that into being.
2: We're going to sing, Oh Lord, Hear My Prayer. I think most people know it, but maybe somebody's going to put it up on the screen too. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. O oh Lord, hear my prayer. O oh Lord, hear my prayer. Come and listen to me. O oh Lord, hear my prayer. O oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. O oh Lord. Hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Come and listen to me. We'll do it two more times just so we can relax into it. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. O Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord, hear my prayer, come and listen to me. O Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord, hear my prayer, when I call, answer me. O Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord, hear my prayer, come and listen to me, come and listen to me.
0: Indeed. And with that, I ask you to receive this benediction. With the power of the Holy Spirit flowing between us and going before us, may we continue to feel the connection of community and experience the good news of God's love wherever we are. And together, God's people say, Amen.
1: Amen.